welcome to Cybersecurity Magnified with Braxton Grant Technologies, where candid cybersecurity conversation meets tactical and applicable advice. Investigate with our experts on the latest in the cyber world, including security best practices, compliance guidance, and all things cloud adoption. Thanks for joining the conversation. Let's get started. everyone and welcome back to Cybersecurity Magnified. Uh, once again, I'm Krista and I'm joined by Josh, one of our cybersecurity engineers. Um, this is part two of our NIST 800-171 compliance series and we're going to be building off the previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that, check that out first. Uh, we go over a lot of key concepts that you might find helpful as we dive a little bit deeper into this episode. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to Cybersecurity Magnified to stay up to date with all upcoming episodes. Uh, We're available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Breaker, and all episodes are also available on our website, which is braxtongrant.com. To recap, at the end of last episode, we had started talking about documentation and policies and procedures relating to NIST 800-171 and CMMC. Yeah, so we mentioned um, quite a bit about the documentation, how important that is to CMMC and also to NIST. And, you know, the initial information that we're getting out of the pilot uh, contracts that are being certified for CMC um, is that, you know, documentation policies and procedures are a big part of what's missing for a lot of companies. And they're putting uh, emphasis on that, that that's an area where companies really need to focus in on to ensure that you have all these documented policies and procedures so that, you know, it sets the tone for the companies maturity level and, you know, their, their cybersecurity as a whole, you know, having all these things defined in writing and agreed upon by the company and setting the expectations for the employees. So it's not surprising that uh, there's a lot of focus on these core business operations. That documentation is, tends to be an afterthought, you know, for a lot of companies, you know, writing out procedures, standard operating procedures, those kinds of things um, are, you know, one of the first things to get done. They're usually one of the last things to get done. So, um, you know, the CMC is putting a lot of emphasis on that. Um, when you read through the controls, they're expecting to have plans, policies, procedures, documentation that shows how things are done, especially in relation to the domains um, and the practices within CMC. And what does this look like when an organization is starting this process? So when you look at policies and procedures and documentation, um, there's sort of a flow down, like a hierarchy, um, you know, that kind of dictates the order that these things kind of flow. Um, so at a high level, at the top, you're looking at your policies, you know, those are your expectations from the company to the employees or for the expectation from management to how the company should uh, operate or how they should accomplish certain things. It's a high level document, you know, with the expectations in it. It doesn't dive into the exact details. Um, but at least sets the expectation of how things are done within the company, what the expectation is. Um, and then from there, you have your standards um, that help dictate the procedures on how these things are actually accomplished. Um, and your procedures are one of the next important levels to kind of dictate your how are the policies, what's stated in the policies actually accomplished on a day-to-day level. You know, those procedures of the individual things that are done um, should help show the employees how it should be done. Um, and in that, you know, process, you're dictating not only what the expectation is, but how it should be done 
Uh, and then below that would be guidelines, maybe things that are not um, set in stone, but that you know should be followed or should be considered as these different procedures and things are accomplished. Yeah, and I think another thing that uh, if to keep in mind is if you have a person that understands writing this documentation internally. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it definitely requires a certain, you know, sort of skill set um, and, and time and energy, you know, resources to actually be able to sit down and write these sort of things. Um, and this is a good place where, you know, maybe a company can bring in an outside consultant to help with these, you know, this kind of writing and stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot to cover in NIST and CMMC as far as policies and procedures. Um, policies are one of the bigger areas that uh, an outside consultant can really provide, you know, a benefit. Um, and, you know, getting that outside help can really get a head start, you know, and get that high level initial documents, you know, done or at least drafted up um, that might need some polishing up or some tweaking. But once that part's done, then everything else will, you know, help to fall into place then it becomes a matter of writing out standard operating procedures for, you know, different um, work and actions that fall under the domains of CMMC and NIST. Yeah, and even if um, an organization is able to start and then um, an outside consultant can fill in the gaps, you can kind of play it kind of what fits best for your organization, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it depends on the organization, depends on what's already done and what needs to be done. You know, there may be policies, the company may already has some policies. Maybe there are a number that, you know, already cover NIST and CMMC domains. Maybe there's a lot missing. It, it depends on each individual company and how much work, you know, needs to be done in that area. And so that's just something that has to be weighed by you know, the company management is like, you know, how much overall work needs to be done to be NIST and CMC compliant. And, you know, if, if there's a very large amount of work that has to be done, then it makes sense to try to, you know, get as much done by bringing in, you know, outside help, um, you know, and then be able to focus on the areas where things can be done internally. Also in regards to, you know, bringing in outside help, what can be done internally, what can be done externally by a third party is, you know, a lot of companies, um, you know, procure services through MSPs and other service providers. Um, so something that, you know, companies need to take into account is not only what they're doing themselves internally, but if you have service providers that, um, do procedures or cover things that are within the domains and practices of CMC and NIST, that you need to understand who's responsible for what, you know, in regards to like an MSP, you know, are they responsible for the antivirus? Are they responsible for patch management? Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's your company's compliance that has to be proven. So if you have an outside provider, you need to make sure that that you understand what they're responsible for. They understand what they're responsible for, and that can be communicated back and forth. And when it comes time to actually do an assessment and prove compliance, that they can provide the the correct amount of evidence to show what they are doing. And also that they have the procedures and they have the security around what they do that involves your assets and your your data. And any other advice in regards to documentation, policies, procedures, et cetera? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest things that a company needs to keep in mind, especially if they don't have a lot of policies and procedures yet, is that if they're going to go 
and start to draft up these policies and procedures, or even if they're going to have a third party do it, is to ensure that they're realistic to the company, you know, that they actually is something that they can accomplish themselves. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of templates and there's a lot of, you know, examples out there for policies and things, but companies need to read through it and see what it actually states. There's no point in writing up a policy that says all these things if, you know, at the end of the day, they're not actually going to be followed by the company. So there's a company culture aspect to this that needs to be considered as well. So, you know, you don't just write up a bunch of expectations that realistically the company or the employees are never actually going to follow. So I would say that, you know, think about the company itself, what the company culture is, you know, there's probably going to need to be some new things that are added that just you're not doing yet. But, you know, don't expect that if you just write a policy that it's just magically going to be followed. Um, and also, I think, you know, in regards to that, too, um, a company needs to understand that if they're going to write all these new policies and procedures, that then needs to get disseminated to all the employees and that everyone understands what it is that needs to be done. There's a whole you know, culture shift that now needs to happen to bring everyone into compliance and understand that how what they're doing is important to whether the company is NIST or CMMC compliant. So, you know, drafting up policy and procedures is great. The next step after that is to make sure they get approved by the appropriate people. They get disseminated to the employees. Everyone understands what they're reading um, and understand what needs to be done. And that's a, a big aspect to it as well. Because at the end of the day, the company needs to live and breathe this. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, the documentation isn't just there to prove compliance once every three years and then walk away and never look at them again. It should be, you know, the literally the documents that the company is operating off of on a daily basis, you know, not just the procedures, but also the policies, you know, that should be the, all the day-to-day -day stuff of how the company actually operates and what the expectations are. So that's a, a, an important thing to consider and that, you know, writing all this stuff, make sure you write it to be realistic to what the company can actually accomplish. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to the our last episode when we kind of covered a more high-level overview. Um, you had really drilled in also in that episode about really it takes everyone um, and takes different departments and other things like that as well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it, this involves everyone in the company. It involves all the different aspects, you know, that the company operates on as a, you know, on the day-to-day -day basis so yeah it's important that this kind of filters down and as i mentioned it's, it's a culture thing and you know it should be a company culture thing and that's part of you know why it's called the cybersecurity maturity model you know they're talking about maturity and if a company and an organization has a mature you know cybersecurity program it's because all this information and all these expectations are you know baked into the company culture and disseminated down to all the employees and everyone understands what they need to do to to ensure the company is secure with that being said, stay tuned for our next episode in the series on maximizing investment in technology to become compliant. Josh, thanks so much again for joining and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Cybersecurity Magnified. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you're up to date with our newest episodes. And if you found this episode helpful, share it on social media. Braxton Grant is an experienced cybersecurity solution provider with over 20 years of experience in the government and commercial space. To learn more about us, visit braxtongrant.com or find us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening.